Guten Morgen, yeah. Welcome to Passion to Polaroids. I was really confused what that was. That's German for good day. It sounded like you should be yodeling off a mountain. <laughs> Welcome to Passion to Polaroids. I'm Alex. And I'm Natalie. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and inspire instant film enthusiasts by updating you all with the latest in tips, techniques, and trends. We'll also share with you current events within the instant film community of Instagram, highlighting fellow artists. Today's recording date is Sunday, November 22nd. Today, we'll be sharing how Polaroid's latest photo challenge led to our discovery of a new favorite instant film artist. Speaking of instant film artists, we'll be updating you on the conclusion of our very good friend Picture Man Bob's rock star tour across the good old U.S. of A. Afterward, we're excited to announce a new segment that we'll be adding to the show. Why didn't you tell me about it? Oh, well, I guess you'll find out today, too. And during our classic Polaroid Facts segment, I'll be sharing with you how Polaroid invented Black Friday. Well, I see the relationship. I don't know if they quite invented Black Friday, but you'll explain, right? I hope so. Of course, we'll wrap up the episode with our weekly Focus On segment, in which Alex and I reflect on the progress we've made on current instant film projects. But first, a quick shout-out to our sponsor, who makes this podcast possible. This week, we discovered a new artist on Instagram that we really enjoy looking at their photos, and it was all thanks to Polaroid's most recent photo challenge. Want to enter some of your most striking Polaroid portraits in a Polaroid contest? I bet you do, but you can't because it's closed. It's called hashtag Polaroid Photo Challenge, and entries were due yesterday. <laughs> they were, but we were really excited to talk about this challenge because... We learned a lot of Polaroid history in learning about this challenge. In addition to finding a new Instagram instant film artist that we also really appreciate now. Uh, the really cool feature about this challenge is that the winning shot is selected by Maripol. She's also known as the original Polaroid queen. So to have Maripol select a photo would be such an honor. She's truly a legend. A French artist, she moved to the U.S. in 1976 when she was in her 20s. Known initially for her work in fashion, Maripol entered into a lifelong love affair with Polaroid the following year when she received her first SX70. She was known to snapshots of celebrities that frequented Studio 54. She also produced the film Downtown 81, featuring Jean-Michel Biscois. And she even collaborated with Madonna creating the fashion accessories and the classic music video, Like a Virgin. So you can imagine, she's pretty awesome. And so to have her looking at the photos and just select yours, oh, that would be such a cool honor. So an exciting aspect of photo challenges in general are the new accounts that we get to discover. Some people feel more comfortable submitting particular photos given the, the parameters of that challenge. Um, so for example, this brought us to the discovery of a new artist whose account features Polaroid portraits. Alex, would you talk a little bit about our, our new favorite? Sure. So Portraits takes portraits around New York City, including lots of fun celebrity shots from Method Man to Justin Long to Andy Samberg. And there's also Portroid.com as well. 
They're organized not only alphabetically by celebrity, but also chronologically as well. The website also features a blog and a portrait cast link that didn't seem to work for us. So in case that does really work, we would love to listen to the portrait cast if you're listening. Portrait features celebrities from 2003 to present. They're absolutely worth checking out. It was pretty fun. I think one of their photos that they were submitting for this particular challenge was a recent shot shared of Rebel Wilson, and it even had her signature on it. It was a really great shot. I just keep thinking about Justin Long's mustache. <laughs> I think that was your favorite part of that photo was the mustache. Just because I can't grow one. Speaking of growing mustaches and facial hair, Picture Man Bob has been on our minds, and we're sure he has been on yours as well. What's the latest? <laughs> Bob was last in Chicago. He took a photo of the bean on Spectrophone. Oh, that makes sense. It's pretty large. It's like a coffee bean, right? Is that what it's supposed to be? Coffee, pinto, garbanzo, lentil, I'm not sure. Alex grew up on that side of the country, so he knows a little bit more about that, where I, growing up on the West Coast, I'm like, people want to go see a giant bean? I'm really confused. What else did he take photos of? Hmm, aside from my extensive bean knowledge, <laughs> Bob has been taking some great photos of everyone along the way. He's seen some really cool work that he has been doing with the Keith Haring edition film, which has been really cool with others. Um, and also at the same time, as we know, road trips does cost money. And right now, uh, Bob is asking if you'd help support him, and we asked you to as well. Um, and you would get some absolutely beautiful artwork prints in the process. So if you'd like to help Bob out at all, just send him a message at PictureManBob on his Instagram. Hence, this is why us photographers use the hashtag ShootFilmStayBroke. Well worth it. If you're on the East Coast and you happen to be near Bob, I know that he's even open to doing photo shoots. So if you want to help him out and get some photos of your own, that's one way to do it. Let's see. We definitely look forward to hosting Bob on a future episode for a full debrief of his tour. We can't wait to hear all that he's learned from his experiences with various instant film artists around the United States. Think of it like a VH1 behind the music of Picture Man Bob's tour of the U.S. of A. I don't know why I just thought of like the real world music. That was definitely not the right one, but we look forward to this. Picture Man Bob, please pick your song for the episode. <laughs> well, he recently spent some time with Warm July Sun, Florida Day, and she reached out to us this week to share yet another method for using iType film in other camera models. While visiting with Bob this past week, he shared a method that he had recently learned in which you take a 600 battery out of the cartridge and tape it to the top of an iType film cartridge. Now, Addison added that she took off some of the battery's paper backing and that it was still a tight fit in her SX-70, but it worked. So Alex, you and I need to pick like which cool iType film frames we want to try and also be prepared to ruin them in the process because <laughs> I might mess this up. But I think we should definitely try Eli's method, which you, our audience, can hear in last week's episode, in addition to Addison's suggestion. And we'll get back to you guys on which method was better. Or you tell us. If you've tried these methods or others, just send us a message with your thoughts so that we can share it here. 
with our fellow listeners. Which brings us to a very exciting announcement. Yes! Well, especially with this reoccurring theme of trying to use the iType film cartridges and other cameras, we have decided to add a segment that we hope to be regularly occurring each week, in which we spend some time in each episode discussing a specific tip or technique, Polaroid hack, if you will. So each week we'll share a short tidbit to help us all grow and hone our skills as instant film artists. If you yourself have a helpful trick or Polaroid hack to share, send us a message so that we can connect. Or maybe there's a particular technique that you'd like to hear us discuss. DM us your questions, and like Carmen San Diego or Nancy Drew, we will search out your answers. It is now time for us to turn to the fact of the week, which I believe, Alex, this week's fact is very relevant to the American Thanksgiving holiday and more so our traditional shopping holiday. Mm, that it is. Our Polaroid fact of the week begins November 26, 1948, set in Jordan Marsh Department Store. Topic of discussion, Model 95 Land Camera. The Model 95 Land Camera production took more than a year and a half to get it into the stores. The first batch that was sold in stores was only 56 cameras, including a demonstration model and the film. And they thought that maybe, maybe they would sell out by Christmas. The Model 95's price was also $95, with a last-minute markdown to a mere $87.95. That is a random price drop. Did it suddenly become cheaper? Why would they change the price at the last minute? Ah, I'm glad you asked. So, by using an inflation calculator, I had the same curiosity myself. The equivalent of $2020 for the LAN camera, the 95 is a little over 1000 It's about $1,025 in today's dollars, and the 8795 would put the price mark at about nine fifty. So if you think of it in today's terms, it would be the equivalent of dropping something down from that above 1000 to that below 1000 price mark. So even though 8795 seems like a really odd and random number to choose, it made the difference in 1948 for people to make a choice between buying the camera or not. That makes sense. If I were doing my holiday shopping, that would seem more appealing. What allowed them to change the price? Did it a piece suddenly become cheaper? They what were happened? scared people wouldn't buy it. They were scared it was too expensive. Oh, was there something about the weight of the like the camera too? Did that cause it to change? Ah, there is a weight for the camera. It was very big, four pounds and two ounces. It was considered professional equipment. It was called the land camera initially, not a Polaroid camera. And it was very confusing for some. They thought that because it was called a land camera, that it meant it couldn't be used near water. But it couldn't be used near water? Because it was called a land camera. So people <laughs> thought they couldn't use it near water. Oh, that's funny. Well. All 56 cameras, including all of the film and the demonstration model, sold out that day. The day after Thanksgiving? That day. The day after Thanksgiving. Wow, and they had anticipated this lasting up until Christmas. Up until Christmas to sell those 56 bottles. The salesmen even had to stand on the counters 
from the crowd, and the same happened elsewhere all throughout the country as they continued production on the Model 95 camera. So every time they released a batch to go sell, they nearly sold out right away, and the de like the demonstrators were just up there working their business. <laughs> Instantly, no pun intended. I'm guessing Edwin Land probably felt pretty successful. What were his thoughts on all this? I'm glad that you asked. Land actually thought that they would sell 50,000 cameras a year. Everyone thought he was nuts. They thought it was an impossible number. That is way too high, Land. You are off your rocker. What have you been smoking? Land had underestimated even himself. By the time the 95 camera had retired in 1953, over 900,000 units had been sold. That's one way to start Black Friday. <laughs> so Land estimated that he would only sell 50,000 a year, and on average, they sold over 100,000 a year. Nicely done. That's a successful start. So if you're out shopping on this Black Friday and you see a Polaroid camera on sale, just know they started this shit. It's now time for what we've focused on. Ah, it's our focus on segment. Alex, what have you been focusing on this week? This week, I've been successful in focusing on my future self by doing things in the moment and continually setting myself up for success. I've also been focusing on others, and that will be my focus on for next week, will be on others, uh, because it's Thanksgiving, and since I spent all of last week um, concentrating on myself and making sure that I am set up for success, I will do the same for my friends and family this week. So that will be my goal as far as life is concerned, with my focus ons. Last week, as far as Polaroid is concerned, um, I was focused on not judging myself. I did well at that. Um, I took one Polaroid this week, not including the two I just took before recording this. Um, and that was on the same day that I quit my job, actually. So that was really cool. It's a beautiful little uh, ornament installation that they'd put up downtown LA, so that was really fun. Um, and as far as what I've been working on for a current project, has been a lot more of my collage techniques uh, using the zinc uh, photos from the mint printer. One specific photo that I got that I'd like to discuss um, is a photo of a fire hose in our apartment hallway. And I wanted to discuss this today because of our current circumstances and the pandemic right now, uh, thinking it could bring value to somebody or to help them if they're having a creative or inspirational rut. The fire hose that I took a photo of in our hallway is something that I had walked by for five months since we moved in here. Um, I had never noticed it before. One day while doing laundry, I saw a stark contrast in the hose lines and the framing. I had learned from Natalie, who learned from the .instagram, that stark contrast and the duochrome film goes very, very well together. So that was my opportunity to practice with the duochrome film. So I grabbed my moccasins and a tripod, and I used the level this time on it. So it created a really cool effect where you couldn't tell if I was looking up or down or sideways at it because there wasn't an angle. Uh, to really get a perception of. So that turned out really neat. So I am standing there with my tripod and moccasins, hoping nobody sees me looking all weird in my apartment hallway. And I wasn't quite centered perfectly. It could have been closer. So I decided to manipulate it with a collage mesh method, which involves the mint printer and your imagination. 
So whether you have a magazine or a cardboard cutout or a poster or something, even like a t-shirt with a design that you don't wear the shirt and you want to put it on, on Polaroid, um, it's a good way to take your photos that don't turn out well and make them into something a little more. Uh, the fire hose itself reminded me of a dental song featuring Connor Oberst called Breakfast in Bed. That inspired me to print off the album cover onto the sticker, and all I have left is to finalize the placement um, of that album cover, which happens to be a picture of a fire hose as well. Uh, so the, the photo itself looks really cool right now. All I have to do is adhere the photo pieces onto there, and I pretty much know exactly what I want, but I'm a pleasure to layer. So it's more fun like this. I'm enjoying myself, and that's what counts. I watch you make your pieces, and I never asked when you use the Polaroid Mint printer to make your collage pieces, do you actually use the sticker feature and apply it to your Polaroids as a sticker, or do you save the backing and just use glue to adhere it? I adhere the sticker to it. Oh, I just realized I never asked because I know that you use the glue, like just like a glue stick for mm -hmm. all the other collage pieces, but never asked about the sticker. Yeah, a glue stick would be a better method if you're scared of placement and you might need to move it a centimeter or two. I would recommend using a glue stick because the zinc photo paper is deadly sticky. Once it hits a piece of that Polaroid photo, it's really hard to get back off. Uh, so that's another thing where it's the finalization of it and me putting it in that perfect place. And when I get into that state of mind, though, and I look over at our kitchen table and see the stickers that are ready to be stuck on there, it's really, really fun. Well, I have also been working on some manipulations. I've been making manipulation gifts. I know I talked about that in previous episodes, getting ready for the holidays. So you're focusing on others as well. I am. Uh, I'm also much better with outer accountability, but that's a whole other chapter of my life. I've made two photos so far. I've made one for my mama, who is very much in a phase of out with the old, in with the new, in regards to several areas of her life. I'm so proud of her and the bravery she continues to demonstrate as she takes, takes risks in pursuit of new goals. With that being said, she's been decorating her new apartment as an independent woman, and she's starting from scratch. So I made a framed piece to match her new color scheme in her apartment. And I feel like it's a, it's a small, simple gift, but the intent behind it is, that's what matters, right? What if she listens? Won't she know what the gift is? She won't know what it is. She knows that I'm making her something, and I asked about the colors. But I'm not saying anything other than that. So if you're listening, Mom, that's all you get. I've also been working on a piece, well, we have been working on pieces for our cousins, and I just finished a piece for their son. The photo itself actually came from Picture Man Bob when he was with us. And it was an overexposed photo of a friend, so it appears mostly white. But Bob had also used a filter with stars, which means that the photo is basically opaque white covered with an array of stars. It's pretty cool just as it is. So where the remnants of the face of his friend remained in the photo, I covered it with an iron-on patch of a rocket ship that says, I need more space. And across the bottom of the photo frame, I then attach the word cookies in a cursive font. Not like a fancy cursive font, but more like a kid-friendly cursive that you'd see on a cereal box type of font. Cookie crisp! In fact, I liked the font and the colors so much that when I came across it, I cut the word off of a food label. 
and I've been saving it in our pile of collage bit. I'm debating now incorporating some glow-in-the-dark touches. And, you know, I get it. He's only eight years old, and it's not like a piece of art to hang up on the wall was like on the top of his Christmas list or anything. We're definitely going to get him something that he actually wants, but I really hope, as with all of the pieces that we choose to gift, simply that whenever he looks at it on his wall that he remembers how much you and I love him. So my focus this week will continue to be on creating these types of gifts. Thank you everyone for listening. Your time is very valuable to us and we appreciate you all dearly. We will be back next week on Monday, December 7th with more Instant Community News. If you like what you hear, please rate and review us, especially on Apple Podcasts. Your positive feedback will help our podcast grow. And today's Polaroid fact was brought to you by Christopher Bonanos from the book Instant, the story of Polaroid. As always, we love hearing from you, so drop us a message and interact with us on Instagram at Passion Through Polaroids. We hope all of you have a wonderful holiday weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Unless, of course, you don't live in the United States. Then, then just have a good weekend. <laughs> Bye, guys.